0: I've always said this and that bouncers are well more trained than police officers. And I'll tell you why
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I had, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but I had a dude pull out a gun on me. Mm. now you have not tested your own psyche until you had the, you, he didn't point at me mm-hmm. exactly. He wanted to come into the bar and shoot somebody else. Wow. And I had to stop this brother from doing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, When you convince a person, it has a firearm, not to use it, and you come away unscathed and everything is all good. Wow. I'm not a person, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of an agnostic person, I'm not really that religious, but I will say at that point in time, at that night, if there was something out there, it looked out.
2: Yo, family, what's going on, what's going down, what's shaking? Welcome to Jonathan Soul's podcast. This is your host, Jonathan Soul family what we do in the program is i talk to african creatives i talk to folk from the diaspora people who create comics write fiction people who indulge in serial entrepreneurship so family if you're trying to create your own place in the world if you're trying to write the future the way you want to see it you need to tune into this program JohntheSoul.com every sunday and wednesday and i do comic reviews on friday love you guys Now check out this interview Jump the soul. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I got the honor and privilege of speaking to a mover in the shaker when it comes to African American independent comics. Not only is he an illustrator writer, but if you had a chance to look at Bounce, you see that he's a thinker. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Chuck Collins. How you doing, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? Real good, right. man. Real good, real good. So, you know, I'm just going to tell you straight up, man. Your book was one of the first that I've uh, I reviewed and I have hey. to say, your book and um, and uh, Black Sun Comics is what mm-hmm. caused me to pick up the microphone again. Wow. And, and the reason why I said it is because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was doing podcasting before news, calling Palestine when Israel's bombing the fuck out of is- uh, uh, calling Palestine Israel's bombing them and Operation yeah. Cash Lead, and I was doing some, yeah. you know what I mean, some news stuff, but it's all a drag. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm, I mean? I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I would love to hear that podcast if you still have them, because I, I listen to that all the time. I, yeah. I'm, news podcast is my thing. Right?
2: Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I dropped some of those on uh, Rewind Wednesday when the oh, right. psychiatrist was telling me, you know, he wanted his fate decided by court and not in the right. cockpit of an S-16 fighter. I was like, God wow. damn. You know what i mean and these that's, guys that's, treating children with psd because of you know the bombs so yeah. because i felt it so much i had to get away from it right 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 yeah it, but it, i couldn't put that. away the microphone yeah you know, and so, you yeah, yeah it does yeah. it does it does and so i had a i think the microphone is kind of like a tool but it needed a muse and, right. and so to me one of the things that uh kind of rekindled this whole thing is black business because African-American people have tried fucking everything. Just a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that we, I don't think we've tried en masse is financial freedom.
1: hmm and, mm-hmm.
2: and one of the things that, that can give us that is entrepreneurship, hence black comics, black-owned comics. Right. Because Black Panther's
0: not enough. Oh no, no, no. I mean, here's, here's what you have to understand, too. I mean, you know, for a lot of people, and, and this is a very unpopular opinion, a lot of people feel, you know, that Black Panther uh, has opened the doorway. In some aspect, it has because when you look at the cast behind it, and not only just the face of the of the film. When you're talking about the cast, as far as the actors and the directors, and talking about the people behind the scenes, mm-hmm. very heavily um, a lot a lot of black people. Are actually, behind the scenes, like fashion people. Yeah, costume people, designer, and, and, the and that. Mm-hmm. that is huge to me yeah. and and that's the reason why i would love to support the film as far as the ideology of marvel has done it now we're good it i'm i'm hearing the same rhetoric of look we have a black president racism is over like yeah. it's not this isn't what it is the thing is what you also have to understand is that it, Marvel and DC control the narrative when it comes to comics. When you think of comics, they're the first person that you think of. And rightfully so, because they've made their mark. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are businesses that have been around for 75 years. Um, with that amount of influence, You know, you, they, they cornered the market. But what they've done successfully is paid attention to the indie scene, mm-hmm. paid attention to pop culture, and actual culture that we've, you know, we've mastered right. <laughs> when it comes to music, when it comes to film, and, and uh, you know, everything. They pay attention to these things, and they implement it into their narratives. There's a lot of people don't understand, like, even they even do it to themselves when it comes to, you know, why don't indie comics mm-hmm. they incorporate all of the, the new trends that a lot of comic book readers want but sometimes you want to break from the men in tight stories you really? want to you want to read an indie title that's just about a drama
1: mm-hmm.
0: or about you know a crime story or a horror story and then they'll take these things and see how popular they're getting and then they start to do that it's like oh marvel is doing this cool version of just dread you know and they're calling it this so i'm going to check that out instead or what they'll do is they're acquire the talent that's doing the successful thing into their own business and and basically say, okay, your comic was great. And you know, you made a name for yourself. Why don't you come and work for us? Which then diminishes the whole thing of
1: the
0: the indie artists actually wanting to create their own because a lot of people just equate success in comics for working for the big corporations. And that's nice and all. I have plenty of friends uh, that work for the mainstream i've never had a desire to do so it's not my ambition so you know that's it it, there's a lot i mean i could sit here and tell you all the things back and forth that i've learned throughout the years of you know knowing people in the comic book industry seeing the way they behave the movers and the shakers some good a lot bad um but i got a huge lesson working in the animation industry working for like uh people like you know, MTV, book Studios, uh, Nickelodeon. I've seen a lot of great people become horrible people. I've seen horrible people become great people, and it's all you know. They're different businesses, but the mentality in business is still there. It's still the same, mm-hmm. you know. So it becomes: where do I stand outside of that? How do I want to control my narrative, and how do I want to bring it to the masses to the point where it's um it can resonate a voice and basically leave my own mark Mm -hmm. you know i'm sorry my my cat is losing his mind right now he's trying to play with (laughs) me as i'm on the thing with you so no that's
2: that's fine uh it's so funny man i was planning this conversation go a whole nother direction Mm. but uh, i'm sorry yeah yeah no 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 no. this is this (laughs) is why i love this this thing uh, because, to me, conversation is a wave and I'm the surfer. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's the way I, I look at you. it. So, off mic, we talked about boondocks as a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Since you got more experience in that area of the vineyard, can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, oh, I'm calling it well, a cautionary tale. Am I off?
0: No. I'm. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that you're off. I, I say that, you know, I think within... You know, in, in, when you get into TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> anything can go... I mean, if things can go right, things can go wrong. This is how they want you to play the game. You know, Aaron Gruder, you know, had a successful comic strip, and it raised enough uh, awareness in the TV world for them to actually want to do something with that. And, to, yeah, in, in the sense of, like, a cautionary tale, when you sign those contracts... You have to have that lawyer that's going to have your back Mm -hmm. um i always feel that if you raise enough awareness in in the projects that you do and the big people are coming Mm -hmm. knocking at your door that means that you're doing something right Mm -hmm. and at that point you have a decision you know about the world that you're going into and you know how your baby or your you know magnum opus whatever you want really to call that project that you've been working on um you have that decision right? you want to do you want to enter that world and have your narrative change to fit what they want or do you want to stay independent and there's a lot of pros and cons with that so i think what we saw in the end result of you know boon getting cancelled or you know the viewership started to fall and dwindle I think what we started to see was Aaron Magruder was like, I ain't signed up for this. Hmm. So, and they continued on without him. And that, that's obviously one of the other problems that you have when you move from being an independent artist into the mainstream, is that if you don't get the right kind of contract signed, if you don't set your, your parameters, you, they'll eat you a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think in that aspect, yes, it's a very cautionary tale when it comes to that. It doesn't diminish his success. In, in oh, what not at all. I think, yeah, he,
2: but, I think he's a historical figure when it comes to, right. you know, to the, the the comics and the art form and the whole bit. Um, but I got to tell you, man, I have a couple of the, I don't know if you call them trades, but, mm-hmm. you know, the compilations of Aaron, of Aaron's work before. You right. know what I mean? Before the boom box. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boom box. <laughs> Before the old uh, school, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before Cartoon Network, and mm-hmm. some of his book, some of his strips had a similar insight. Mm-hmm. Um, he, to me, the way I remember, it, it was more critique of of like overall culture. But with when I look at your book Bounce, I mm-hmm. see more of it as a critique, or not even that's the wrong word, uh, just observations. Of human nature, so right. here's the question I have for you 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 were or are you still a bouncer in new york city? I was you was yeah. what did the craft of being a a bouncer you know being security in a bar? what insights into human nature did it give you?
0: oh man, it's a very broad question, but I will, and that's the I only know. question I intended to <laughs> a- ask you.
2: You're right, right. Yeah, no. I mean, but you <laughs> you gave me all this other beautiful
0: insight Not, but, with the with the industry, yeah. which is beautiful. <laughs> um, I think when it comes down to with my approach to writing bounce. First off, I'll just say that say this is that. Um, it's the everyday conversation you have with someone that you don't know. It's. Take away the politics and racism aside, because that's going to be present in the conversation depending on who you talk to. Okay. So I don't have to throw it in anybody's, in anybody's face. Hmm. People are going to say racist things to you. You would be walking down the street and you help somebody ask you for directions or whatever, and then some white guy will be like, hey, do you know where the whorehouses are? And you're like, how mm. are you asking? Because you're black. Right. And then that's, that's a conversation within itself. -hmm. I don't have to throw that in anybody's face because these things happen. It's happened to me. I walk down the street and somebody asks me something like that, and I'm like, what? But, you know, like when it came to working at the bar, you got to see people at their finest and at their worst and anything. Alcohol will bring anything out. So you're talking to somebody. The amount of people that I've dealt with just working as a bouncer was, I've, I've dealt with the dregs, the drug addicts, uh, you know, uh, drug dealers, all kinds of people like that, to people who control algorithms in Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And you get to see them from all different walks of life. And the one thing that connects all of them is when they have that alcohol, that truth comes out. And, they will, and that will tell you where they're at as a person in their life. That person may have had a bad day and becomes a depressive drunk. So they want to sit outside and tell you everything about themselves, even though you didn't ask. Hmm. <laughs> you know, so uh, then you have the happy drunk. You want to come and buy you drinks or give you things, you know, or tip you out, you know, just because he's happy, mm-hmm. he or she. Um, then you have the, the sulking or the angry drunks. You know, they, they, they had a hard day at work. And he didn't, think, he didn't take them off. It's like, you know, you're asking for their ID. And they're like, oh, I don't need to show you my ID. Because, you know, they, they, they probably had a whole horrible day where they had to deal with their boss at work. Or or Brett got the girl at the job, and he's bragging about it. right? And then they got to come and see me. And telling them, no, you can't come in here because you don't got no ID. That, they already had drinks in their system. It's a wrap. I'm catching the heat. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> It's all these dynamics, you know, when you deal with certain aspects of human nature, it's all thrown in your face when you're working the door because you are the person that they see before they can even get to the bar to have the time that they want, whether it's to celebrate, whether it's to get over a bad relationship, whether it's a bad business deal or uh an engagement party whatever the case is i'm the person that's in their way to get to that place at the bar where they want to be gotcha. at. all right let's let me and, let me yeah. take
2: this another way
0: let me take this another way
2: right uh, i i keep thinking about this like once a year what mm. does the internet teach us about human nature and this is what i come up with one mm. is that when people feel safe because of anonymity right. they will they will share pretty much everything right you know, if if it's not anonymity, if they're you know, they just figure like nobody's gonna come get me. They'll share everything. They'll share, you know, what they ate for breakfast. They'll share, right. and maybe they do it because they need the affirmation. Maybe it's maybe mm-hmm. it's that you know, because there's instant gratification part. Right. So you know, uh, but you know, I felt like human nature, um, and on the internet, uh, mm-hmm. is a willingness to share too. When what? the internet kind of has a a. a an aspect of abundance because it's digital mm-hmm. copies. So, it's, you know, so when there's a perceived abundance, people, you know, share again. So they'll share their their music collection. They'll share back in the day, used to share uh, software, you know, right. used to go download Adobe Photoshop for, the, you know, so they share. And then the right. other thing is they're horny. You know (laughs) what I mean? Because one of the things that has driven innovation in terms of video and streaming has been porn. Of course. You know what I mean? Some file formats stream better than others, and those are the ones that were chosen. Just like with the 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 DVR, well, not DVR, the the VHS and the Beta and all that kind of shit. That was that choice was made by porn. Of
0: course. So porn is the the driving
2: force. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, uh, and so when I ask you what has you know, your time in the bar taught you about human nature. I'm looking for those common threads. Okay, everybody's drunk. Uh, what, right. you know, is it, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, do they really feel, you know, superior to one person or another? Is everybody insecure? You know, once the once the alcohol has removed that mm-hmm. that um, mask, that's-, that's what I'm yeah, looking that, for. Yes, what does it yes. taught you about human nature?
0: It, it, it's taught me a lot. People, There's a lot of miserable people. Mm. And, okay. and, and and what I oftentimes, you know, I, I gotta I have to come from the standpoint of the last resort when you're a bouncer is violence. Okay. Obviously. The job is ninety nine point nine percent psychological. Right. Um, dealing with people who get drunk and saying anything, it could be the one girl who's you know, I, I had an instance where this girl uh, told me about her whole relationship with her mother, and I'm sitting down there. I didn't choose to have this conversation. She was drunk. She just started talking about it. But her talking about it made her feel so much better about it. She doesn't have... When you don't know the person you're talking to, you may or you may not ever see them again, and you've had that much alcohol, and you, you mm-hmm. feel the need to share. Mm. That's one aspect of... as you know a positive aspect of the human nature, where you want to have that you know, I just want to get this off my chest. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other aspect of this overprivilege. And I've always said this. Um you get to tell a lot about a person's personality when they treat servers a certain way. Mm-hmm. Once people think that you're there, your sole purpose is to serve them. You get to see how they treat that person, and you get to see this is how you are to people who you think are beneath you. Mm-hmm. The, the nightlife industry, you know, bouncers, bartenders, waitresses, and everything else. And people get drunk, and they're like, well, I'm supposed to get this, and I'm supposed to get that. If you don't do this, and this is a bar. This is the establishment where the customer is not always right. That's where my job comes into play. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, no, you can't get your way. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, you, you get this huge sense of, you know, overprivilegedness that, that it, it it's actually pretty disgusting the way people behave when, when they have, when they feel that power that comes over them. So one of the things that I began to realize is where does it come from? Mm-hmm. Why is this person reacting this way? And it's always due out of, like, lack of understanding or ignorance. So you have, I had this one guy and he... I actually made the comic about it uh, an actual strip where you know white dude comes in he's like oh man yo you're a cool dude i'm like all right cool man thanks very much he's like yo, i'm I'm play something for you. and he goes to the back he goes to the jukebox and plays the most niggerish song on the whole thing i'm like what the fuck are you doing mm-hmm. why would you think that this would be the song it was it was something it was like oh, i can't it was a little wayne song or whatever i'm mm-hmm. like why would you think? And tries to sing along with it as if he expects me to know the lyrics. Wow! And I had to sit there, and I'm like, this dude. You know, when I looked at his ID, he was like, yeah, from Long Island, and I'm like, you probably never really been around black folks, especially in the neighborhood that you're from, Long Island. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you, and if you have, it's always been a stereotype, or it's that one black black friend that will let you get away with the bullshit that you're doing right now. Right. And to me. That's that's the aspect of the writing, um, bounce especially when it comes to um, understanding that human nature. Where do you come from? With that where is that coming from? How? What allowed you to think? What? There was a thought process before you uttered the words that you just said to me. Right. And that's what I'm more interested in, and that's what I try to pick apart, especially when you have like a. a a character that comes into the bar and he's being crazy and everything else. The I was just like, dude, what is your deal? And sometimes, you know, you, you have to interrupt that because where, when you begin to see where it comes from, hmm. you see that negative place, then you have to stop it because then you have to set that authority up. Right. You know, and it's, it's, it's a very... Yeah, it gets a little heavy that way, you know. But I try to take that and put it into the comic itself. Mm-hmm. to try to make people understand or, or when they read it you know each strip is just a random occurrence because that's what it's like working the you you could be having a dead night it could be like two o'clock in the morning nobody's in the bar and it will wrap up real quick once you get that bad bag it's just thrown in your face wow. you go from seeing like the most sweetest person coming to the bar to the most raging asshole <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna get or vice versa they come in different times you
2: know, now, um, was there any kind of PSD that you suffered from being exposed to so much humanity? <laughs> was there any kind of oh
1: man, is you that man. when you
2: got I... the cat? Is that when you got the cat? You was like, yeah, man, these humans, pretty
0: much, pretty much. No, it, it, it was funny because, like, you know, I, I that's when I knew it was time for me to go because I, I did it for 10 years. I, you know, I used to moonlight as a bouncer while I was working in animation. And when I got laid off, I had to, um, I had to go and find another job. And at the time, I, you know, one of the managers bar I worked at was like, hey, look, you need a door guy like two nights a week if, you, if you're looking for work. And I was like, you know what, dude? Yep. And two nights a week became seven. You know, as wow. the years went by, I was, I was doing it 24-7. And um, it does, does, because you see such such negative aspects from people. You begin to think that regular people in your life, you're analyzing them the same way. And then there's a whole part of yourself where you get caught up in that nightlife. You 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 know, I used to smoke cigarettes, used to drink a lot, and everything else. And then when we'd get together at the end of the night, talking about the experiences that we had, we'd get emotional and angry about it. Wow. But the thing is, you're in that circle of people who feel the same way. So everyone's like, fuck, yeah, man, that dude was an asshole. So you don't have any opposition, which made it a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go outside of that circle and you go back to your regular life, you know, I, I try my best to leave that at the bar. Sometimes I couldn't. When I finally stopped working about two years ago, I got to the point where I went to work one day conversation. Wow! I wanted to get into into a either physical or argument or anything. I was ready to call, Mm -hmm. do some dumb shit right now. (laughs) But and that's when I knew it was time to go. Yeah, I I had started doing bounce while I was still bouncing, and it was it was fuel for the comic. I mean, I have I already had stories. I have enough stories to last like four more books. Wow! You know it. It used to fuel the passion of it because sometimes I'd just come home from work, write and draw. I wouldn't even go to sleep. Damn, you know, and it would, it would just it was my therapy. And then as I started getting closer to quitting, I began to you know lighten up my stories, and that's when I started having like other little storylines where you know the bouncers would go on adventures and you know they get into these. Easy- you know, Dragon Ball Z type fights. Yeah, yeah, Tell my yeah, boy you know. about that. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it, it just, you know, and it made all the sci-fi, Dr. Who, references, Mass Effect and everything. And it, it became a little bit more fun for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and what I didn't realize also after I started putting these, because when I first did it, I didn't think anybody was going to like it. I'm like, come oh, on, I'm bouncing. Like, no, that shit was about. Mm-hmm. But when I started doing it, first off, so many people in the nightlights were just like, Oh, yes, finally a voice. Wow. And then other people, you know, and, and not realize that bar culture is outside of people who just work at bars. I mean, there's, you know, people come go to bars constantly. Mm-hmm. So they see it. they like, oh, yeah, I saw a bouncer do this to this guy or call out a guy on this or take this dude's ass and blah, 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 blah. So they, they, you know, identify. So for me, that was like, I was like, wow, you know, people actually like this stuff. So I think I should keep on doing it. That's but cool. um that's cool yeah there's something
2: that you said that is going to take us in a whole nother direction but before we get there oh. i just want to remind yep. people that if you go to bounce com, that's the url right yep bouncethecomic.com you can catch the web series can they still get a uh, volume one first round of shots on print
0: yes they can okay Maybe so you can go there
2: print. you can get it and uh and you can get volume two is coming out
0: when and where Chuck. Oh, volume two is actually already available, but digital only. Um, you can get it at gumroad.com or you can get it at ppmcomics.com. You can download it right on your phone and grab a bottle of whiskey and have a, have a good yeah. time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, you said that, uh, that bouncing was 99% psychological. Right. Did I hear that right? Okay. Yep. So in my brain cops pop into my head oh yeah cops pop into my head can you can you i'm just gonna cops can you can you speak to that okay
0: so i've always said this and I bouncers are well more trained than police officers and i'll tell you why Mm -hmm. i i had i'm not gonna go into too much detail about it but i had a dude pull out a gun on me Mm. now you have not tested your own psyche until you had the he didn't point at me mm-hmm. exactly he wanted to come into the bar and shoot somebody else wow and i had to stop this brother from doing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: now when you convince a person that has a firearm not to use it and you come away unscathed and everything is all good wow I'm not a person, I'm I'm a little bit of an agnostic person. I'm not really that religious, but I will say at that point in time, at that night, if there was something out there, it looked out. Wow. Okay? It gave me the strength and the mental capacity to deal with that. And that puts you on a whole, and that's why when it comes to some of the things that I see people deal with online with cyberbullying or racist comments or, you know, uh, you got editors In various comic book companies You know assaulting people And all kinds of shit yeah. You know don't talk to that guy that way You know he's a he's a higher up At Dark Horse or Marvel or DC Fuck that dude if he's a shitty person I'll call him out Right At that point it's like You look past the bullshit hmm. You know so Going back to what you said as far as The cops are concerned This is what made me lose respect for a lot of law enforcement, is because you get stuck in a situation with someone who doesn't have a firearm Mm -hmm. and the first thing you do is pull out yours. Right. As opposed to actually talking the situation down. Mm -hmm. Us as bouncers are bare. We have no firearm unless you're licensed to carry, which you don't you have to go through a lot in New York State to do so. Mm -hmm. Um We're not supposed to carry weapons, although, you know, there are loopholes. However, when it comes from a legal standpoint, we can't have any of that. We don't have a bulletproof vest. We don't even have a sad proof vest. We are in the middle of the fray. Wow. So for you to sit here and and we're able to calm a situation down, Mm -hmm. or you're able to talk to several big dudes from not beating up that one dude or trying to sexually assault the chick in the corner or whatever and you have to deal with that head on but yet you got cops coming out here trying to like you know say oh well i was scared for my life mm. really dude the person had Motherfuck. no no yeah. weapons or whatever or yeah. even if they did yeah. you got five other officers behind you are you crazy yeah don't give me that's an excuse in a hat and it's not to say that these dudes don't put their lives on the line when they when they got that badge but you know that, what cops represent in this country is a whole other discussion and podcast. So that is, you know that's its own conversation. But mm-hmm. as far as what they are trained to do, it, it makes me think that are you trained to actually de-escalate the situation mm-hmm. or are you trained to protect the interests of those that you work for by any means necessary? Mm. And the first means is to take you down. So it, it 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 paints a picture of what law enforcement's real role is right in my opinion right um but yeah and and working as a bouncer for 10 years and to see what I've had to deal with with no weapons no backup i've had to work at bars by myself with 200 people capacity god damn yeah. mm mm-hmm. mhm it happens and even if i did work with another guy that's too uh, let's say maybe Mm-hmm. Twenty of them get out of place. That's two mm-hmm. versus twenty, let alone one. And have you, you ever still come worked up, with you
2: know, a, have you ever worked with a, a white bouncer who was a racist son of a bitch, but he was a good bouncer?
0: Yes, really? Uh, you know what? No, let me take that back. No, I didn't work for I didn't work with a white bouncer. I knew white bouncers that were that way. I never okay. worked with them. I okay. didn't work with the manager who was a complete douchebag and say some racist shit at times that I've had to call him out on. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: well, the reason why I, I ask is because do you know if those bouncers kind of carried themselves in a similar fashion as you did? Was you able to de-escalate and not use right. violence as the first option?
0: Well, the first thing that um, I, I, I will say is bouncers in general, there is a particular cult. I know bouncers that <clears throat> are total Trump supporters Mm -hmm. say racist dumb shit. Mm
1: -hmm. But when it
0: comes to doing their job, they do what they have to. They -hmm. don't take at least the ones that are good. Look, I'm not talking about all bounces. This is shit bounces out there. Sure. But, um, for the ones that I have seen, you know, and the ones that I have spoken to, and we don't share the same politics. We don't share the same views of the world. Mm -hmm. They have handled situations accordingly. Which is what you're supposed to do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. I know other dudes that have worked with racist uh, bouncers, and you know, people you know, they got cops in the pen whatever. Serve time, whatever the case is. Yeah. um And you know, they've, you know, I, I've met them too, and people have told me, you know, yo, you may be a piece of shit, but do do what you got to do, you know. That's what it is. But you know, and, and yeah, if you make that comparison to cops, is so a well, <laughs>
2: see, yeah, I mean, that to me, that that gives the audience, it, you know, because I have some, you know, heavy people listening. They give them a con. I just don't want them to go for the bullshit that these guys who are wearing fucking bulletproof vests. Yeah, they got service revolvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got backup out the ass.
0: Right. Felt fucking threatened. That's bullshit. Of course. And and it's interesting because one thing that I never really got into, I think i only made one bounce comic in in the, the, and I mentioned a raid was happening. Cops used to fuck with us all the time. Mm -hmm. You have no clue. They would, look, something happens at the bar more times than not. If you are not trying to kiss their ass. Mm -hmm. they will go to the customer for the 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 patron first and ask them what happened if that patron says well he hit me and i ain't touch him now it's my word versus theirs now i have to prove this so even in a and this is why it's a very touchy situation even in the aspect of defending myself Mm -hmm. i can go to jail wow it's it's not um a situation where you know uh we have a bond with police. Mm-hmm. Bar owners have a bond with police. Okay. Not me, at, at least in my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. I had a, I work at a cop mm-hmm. But let some shit go down; Things still go on the side of the person that called them. And mm-hmm. if me, I have to prove without a doubt that I didn't do whatever. And luckily for some of the places, I had cameras, mm-hmm. so I, I was saved a few times. Okay, but when it comes down to it. Yeah, man. I've never had a bond with the police. I've never had a, a, uh, anything. In fact, they always look to, to, even though I was legally licensed to do security as a bouncer, I would still get, let me see, let me see your license. You don't got it on you. You're going to get a ticket. Wow. Or, or, uh, if you, if you ever, have you seen anybody doing any drugs or dealing any drugs out here? I know how y'all do. Wow. You know? Last question, last question about the last question about
2: the police. Given your ten years' experience as a bouncer, Mm -hmm. de escalating situations, uh, you know, being able to read people, uh being able to even be a listening ear, you know, whatever it takes to de-escalate a situation where, Mm -hmm. you know, one percent of the solution is violence, given that your history, Mm -hmm. do you think that if I hit my magic red button here? and took away (laughs) weapons from cops and Mm -hmm. we only had like a specialty unit like they do in in england where you know they had armed but the first the people Mm -hmm. on the street the patrol guys they didn't have do you think that could work in america
0: It's. i would say that system has worked in england because that was implemented that that has long history yeah if we were to suddenly shut down regular patrol uh, police officers and beat cops and take away their firearms, I would say that I would say things would get a little bit crazy because because you, you got two things happening when it comes to the heavy amount of police brutality. Mm-hmm. Um. At least the two things that come into my mind, if I ever got caught or, you know, caught out there with the cops to stop me or, or say I fit the description of something, they're trying to take me in and I'm trying to defend myself or whatever the case is. Right. Two things come to mind. Either they can shoot me dead right now if I do the wrong move or I get arrested and I'm going to jail. dead. Right. Take away their weapons. Now I have to worry about
1: hmm
0: so what does that say to someone who doesn't have any you, you're not going to think in that rational thought mm-hmm. see the cops you know you're you're walking down the street mind your own business cops roll up on you like yo what you got in your pockets blah, blah, blah. like they used to do out here in, in brooklyn back in the day mm-hmm. what you got in your pockets Blah about you get away from me and they start whooping your ass you just go to jail mm-hmm. but then you have the factor of the gun you try to defend yourself but you get shot now you got motherfuckers getting shot just for being you. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, you take away that one factor. I think yeah, and you get a little it. You see a lot of cops getting punched in the face more. Like
2: I, I think that it was spike, <laughs> and then it would, and then it would return to normal. Return to a baseline. Yeah. Any change, there's yeah. going to be a spike. And oh, right, then, right. You know, yeah. it's free slurpy day yesterday at Seven Eleven. It was mm-hmm. a ton of people in there. <laughs> you know, what oh yeah, a spike. Yeah, yeah. And then after to calm right down, and you know. Right. Uh, but I, I tell you, man, um one of my kids, my son, is over in Asia. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the last swear to God it's the last cop comment. And no, no, exactly. uh, you know, he's a he he almost thought about doing bouncing at one time. He loves fighting. To him it's it's fun. When he was boxing at this gym like an ex- exhibition, afterwards he was literally jumping up and down like a kid. And he's 23 mm-hmm. years old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, Daddy. Uh, uh, you know because I was like, you just uh, fought this forty some year old guy. You <laughs> <laughs> acted like you just played Nintendo or something. But anyway. Right, right. right. Um, so he was saying, you know, he called me up. And uh, he said, you know, uh, Papa, I was coming from the, uh, the gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was walking down the street going to the college or whatever. And I saw these two officers. And, uh, you know, he's African-American, six-foot you know 190 pounds buff you know right. whatever mm-hmm. and uh he said he said father they they looked at me they smiled they bowed and they stepped out of the way and let me walk past
1: mm-hmm.
2: I almost had a stroke right. <laughs> like, what yeah. they yeah. let you yeah. go
0: yeah. then they grit mm-hmm. on you and
2: right. so i know that america could learn some things from other countries you could learn a lot well, of, of shit course. from other countries
0: yeah i mean but you know, in order for... See, here's what you have to think about, and, and I'll I'll use this... I'll, I'll step out of the cop thing and use this as an example. All right. um, for Yahoo, for who wanted to listen to some combo conversation, <laughs>
2: well...
1: <laughs>
2: this two brothers talking, so that's the, it's gonna be like that sometime. Exactly. You know what I mean? You gotta go, you to, gotta the, go to the nerd. You know what I mean? It's real talk.
0: Go, go ahead, Chuck. Go ahead, brother. For real, real. Um, like, that's the same as saying that we implement a new structure of government. Okay. And it's like you said, things will spike, then they balance themselves out.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we can learn if we had politicians that looked after the best interests of the public Yeah. in, in this country. Um, I, if you're familiar with what's happening, uh, keep up with the music Familiar, with what's happening in, in um uh, venezuela right now with um president maduro and his administration implementing a social democracy over there okay now you see the chaos the so-called opposition
2: is that when they ran in, up in the in the in the senate and parliament and started whooping people ass is that right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's,
0: yeah, there's a whole factor of things to go into that. But I make this example because when you look over here, and we had a, a candidate like Bernie Sanders who represented socialism, socialism type rhetoric in name to only. the American public. He folded like yeah, a fucking piece only. of paper
2: when Hillary got the what's the name? Right, so, you know,
0: and you saw what happened. So when you're talking about implementing a new system of policing here in the United States, you're talking about changing an entire structure Mm -hmm. of the way things have been. Because when you look at what police represent, police don't necessarily represent to to serve and protect. They do for corporate interests. This is what you have to take out that element in order for certain things to work. Because right. the way that the system runs now, it is not in the best interest of the people. The only reason why they keep us going is to gain profit from us. That right. is it. True. So we, it is, we are the blood of the system. You take us away, the system will no longer work. They need us a lot, but they will police the shit out of us. Mm. So in order for a true change to happen, you know, like changing the the way police do this, do do their investigations or handle themselves or whatever. Mm. You have to change an entire other system, right? Which that within itself is a monster and a beast. Of okay. course. So okay. yeah, in in my opinion, I don't think in other countries they may have their corruption, but at the same time they 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 have some foresight mm. when it comes to progressing as a civilization. Here we wanna damage shit and still keep it going and manage the damage that we do. Yes. <laughs> that's what it is. Yep. So yeah. Interesting and that that's my that's my opinion. Now see,
2: all that brain power, all of that insight, all that perspective is doing comic books. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey. Oh, you're right, not man. gonna
2: find that in DC and Marvel. You ain't gonna find hey. it. I mean you you will shit. because they saw somebody else do it. Man, <laughs> man. No, they're trying to move titles, man. They ain't selling books no more. They gotta make movies to keep the lights yeah, on. I mean, well, exactly. No, they're not selling books no more.
0: Yeah, it, man. It, It's very interesting the way that that whole thing is going because you know I, I remember a time during the '90s where a bad day in the com in the comic is when a, uh, a comic only sold fifty thousand copies. Wow, that's a bad. Now that's a, yeah. Now it's. A, Marvel is like, hey, we sold thirty nine thousand. That shit is hot. Let's keep that title going. <laughs> Back in the nineties, if your shit, image, it was selling out hundred thousand copies of shit. You know, that's that's the reason why I tell people stop trying to chase the nineties. That shit is never gonna happen. Mm. That was an anomaly in comics that will never where comic book parties were getting paid like two million dollars a year just wow. to make some shit and never keep deadline. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a whole... Yeah. And, so let know, me ask you in this. India. Do you feel like yeah. you say don't
2: chase the 90s and I, I get that, you know what I mean? Mm. But me being a Gen Xer, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, I'm not sure if I'm trying to... I might find nostalgic <coughs> or, or I'm I'm... I'm I got perspective. It's, it's a little blurry line. Do you feel like yeah. we're in a like a, a, a renaissance when it comes to black creative content? Kind of like the 90s. Sure. Do you feel like we're in yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: sure. sure. Definitely. Right. I mean, there, regardless, it, whatever Marvel and DC are doing, they're going to do what they have to do to stay afloat. Their, their corporation um, is to be expected. You know, it, it really gets me when, when I see, like, all these arguments of, like, How could they do this to this guy? How could they're a company. They have interests. Yeah. They're going to do what they have to do to keep themselves afloat. If it hurts your feelings, that's business as usual. So I don't get surprised with that anymore. But when it comes to what we're doing, um, as far as black indie artists, um, because of the technology that like we discussed earlier, you know, the movement of it, I mean, much like you see it in porn, you know, <laughs> they advanced the technology. Yeah. Now we have things that are easier to produce content when it comes to putting it out there, you have social media. You have a if you have a story uh, or an idea, you just put it out there. Mm-hmm. You you no longer have that middleman. Right. You you can if you wanted to, if you wanted to get a promoter or you wanted to get a publicist or whatever, you can hire someone to do that. But you are now com- connected to the to the masses straight forward. You know, which, is, which was at a disadvantage back in the 90s because you had to know a person, yeah. you know, or you had to really go out there and cold call comic book stores if you didn't have any distributions. Like, hey, I got this comic. You want me to pick it up or whatever. They liked it. They would. Mm-hmm. If it moved, it did, you know, but they weren't, you know, calling you like, hey, oh, I need 20,000 copies of this. You would have to go out there and do the footwork. These days, you can put out one webcomic. And that shit will get, like, 20,000 views, mm-hmm. now your stuff is out there, you know? So. When do you
2: think that we'll reach the tipping point where Hollywood, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, whoever the next, you know, will, will lose its appeal, and people will go straight to the... Stay on the internet, and stay direct-to-consumer, and stay independent. Like, what forces have to obtain? What stars have to align before people say... Nah, you can keep your movie deal. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna hire some people off of such and such a website. I'm gonna go to the School of the Arts and grab some seniors and I'm gonna do a fifteen minute short and I'm gonna you know what I mean, like when when are people yeah. gonna not look for a new plantation? <laughs> and I'm I'm not saying that it's wrong to work it. for D C and Marvel. Right. Get your paper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean, you can't leave. I'm 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 thinking legacy. Yeah. Is there ever no, going no, to be I, a black comic that reaches issue 100?
0: I am. I am you feel you, me, brother. No, I'm there with you. What what I, has I, to I happen,
2: Chuck, for for people to say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to grind out here another few years, and then right. I'll make my, you know. Right. Have you ever um, heard of this um, movie called um, Loose Change? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, the, I, I the, bought the, the DVD. The, the 9/11, the exactly. The 9/11 that show? was the yeah. first. Mm-hmm. is people say that's like the first internet blockbuster like a million downloads yeah yeah yeah. so it's like if you can get a million downloads off
0: why do you need well here's you know and and you know what people don't realize is you don't necessarily do need them okay there are people who have made internet fame and make a living just by youtube right putting stuff out there are people who do the same thing with their art. Um, you don't necessarily do need them, but at some point, because of your fame, you will be acquired. It, it, even some of the most craziest YouTubers, right, mm-hmm. will have a video that they'll put up. You know, when it comes to whatever fashion, politics, news, whatever the case is, and they'll have like ten million uh, views. Per per episode that they put out, eventually YouTube will acquire them to be under the umbrella of YouTube. So everybody got a price. So I, every it's not so much that everybody has a price. Everybody has a choice. Hmm. They're going to come to you with that price, which you have to make the choice of saying what What is it worth to me?" Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing: I can easily, you know, have said if I switched up my style a little bit i could you know go to marvel or dc try out see if i could do a book here and there or maybe a valiant or or a image or whatever the case is mm-hmm. but to me that is not success success to me is being able to do what you love right make the profit off of that and actually leave something behind that to your thought right that is, to me, the true aspect of success. Working for other companies is just that. It is just a job. If I really wanted to, you know, let's say, for example, the lowest, on the low end when it comes to doing comic books as a, as a penciler, say, is about maybe $100 per page. Mm-hmm. 22 pages, it's $2,200. You have 30 days to do it. And you're stuck doing 22 pages for $100 a page, you're gonna be getting paid twenty two hundred dollars before taxes. Damn. Is, and I'm talking about the low. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people will take that pay and say, Man, but I'm with the big guys now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's success to me. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because you if you're starting off at a hundred dollars a page, maybe your stuff will be great. And in a few years, you'll be making two hundred dollars a page.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or you'll be making uh uh you know Five hundred dollars whatever they're going to give you, you're going to make that. And if that's where you want to be, that's, you, that's your choice. Right. I prefer to go different. I prefer to actually just say, I got this. This is what I want to do for my own self, to leave my own personal legacy behind. Because as an artist, when I picked up that pencil when I was a kid, my first ambition was to create my own world. And I want to continue to do so. Wow. You know? That's
2: cool. I'm opening up my crystal ball app and it helps me see the future. Mm-hmm. and so uh, i'm typing in yeah. chuck collins but it's buffering so uh <laughs> can, can you help me what what in five years what's 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 happening with your brother on a perfect day all the stars yeah. align everything works the way you need it to what do you see f- in five years for yourself for your property
0: well you know my my thing is to always create no matter what mm-hmm. you know balance is one you know i i, I eventually i have other projects i want to I want to explore, you know, I, I have another comic that I did years ago called BSX, which is, uh, yeah. That is bad uh, yeah. Thank you, man. It's I, like I, a I rated R, you Dragon
2: Ball Z or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. Like, yeah. you know, um, and, and I'd like to do that again with a whole new spin on it. You know, cause, cause the time I came out with it was like maybe a decade ago. I first oh, made wow. up those characters and and like now. You know, you you the thing is about creativity is that you only get better as you grow as a person. Right. And I've done a lot of growing since then, mm-hmm. so my approach to it would be a little bit different. I would I would definitely tell the story a lot better than I did years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. as far as bounce is concerned, um, definitely animation. Mm-hmm. I'll um I I definitely want to see that actually in the very near future. I'm I'm actually prepping. An animation bible for bounce where I'm, you know, doing character designs for animation.
2: Oh, that's beautiful! Uh,
0: doing assets to animate in in uh, in Clip Studio, and I'm also, you know, I've got another young brother called Philip Johnson. Who I'm about to hire to do some awesome background scenes. Oh, that's dope!
2: Yeah, definitely. So I mean, fun. you know,
0: that's that's where I want to go with it, and. I want it to be as as on uh, authentic as the the book itself, but mostly I want to since since it's be animated, I'd have a, a better opportunity to tell stories that would be a little bit more comedy drama,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. Because well, you know, I, when I when I do the comic, I give you a little bit of taste to get get a laugh out of you or make you think about something, but when it comes to actually animating something and being able to tell something in that medium tell a story in that medium it's mm-hmm. you can you can do a lot more you can i can bring you more into the world of, of being in a bar sometimes it's not always that funny mm-hmm. sometimes a situation you just happen is like jesus <laughs> you know and that's the thing about working at a bar because you can go from you know i i remember there was one night we went from joking around to, to actually saving a girl from getting sexually assaulted. That shit went from funny to, to, to serious real quick within the span of 30 seconds. I, I'll never forget it because I was sitting in front of the bar, chilling. We're joking about nonsense. We're joking about people that we kicked out earlier and how stupid they were. Mm-hmm. Was, I'm in tears, laughing and crying, and in comes a girl. Her shirt is ripped, and she just got sexually assaulted outside. He's trying to seek refuge in the bar. Wow. So you, you have situations yeah you have situations like that you tell a story like that you that's the kind of thing that i the, what i what i want to see in the reaction of putting it out there for the audience to see mm-hmm. is the same way it shocked me when that happened i want the audience to feel the same way and empathize with that situation what mm-hmm. would you do mm-hmm. you know and, and i think using animation you know, in that medium, and I think it could tell that kind of story a little bit better. That'd be so, so cool. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my five-year, you know, I, I definitely want to see Bounce animated. Um, if we can get picked up by something like like Netflix or Hulu or whatever the case is, because, you know, looking at the kind of shows and the content that they put out, mm-hmm. I mean, it's some pretty, some pretty out there stuff, man. You know, I, I'm like, y'all got a way with putting that out there? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, when
2: they brand new, that's what they do. And mm-hmm. then once they get big, you know, when Fox first started, it was all black shows. Oh, I don't know if you oh, remember. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? I'm a Gen Xer to myself. <laughs>
2: I'm, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm old dude. Yeah, that's so cool. Listen, yeah. Mr. Chuck Collins, where, where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh, man.
0: um We got bounce the comic.com, which is uh just go there. I have season three and four of bounce for your reading pleasure um you can also follow me on facebook which is uh facebook.com slash bounce strip um on twitter i am bounce underscore comic and the same thing on instagram you can find me any any one of those spots i'm mostly these days i travel around mostly on twitter and uh and uh instagram facebook is getting a little too crazy for me these days but Cool, cool. You know, yeah, you can find me there. Man, it's been an honor to have you on the program. Oh, man, it's, it's been an honor for you to have me on here. And I just got to say, man, you know, I like the way things come around full circle because just as you said, when you did the first podcast, you reviewed Bounce, um, how reading these things, you know, not just Bounce, but other comments to reading inspired you to do that. You know, hearing your review. Like you, you were probably one of the more earlier reviews that I got on the book, and that that filled me with joy. So, cool. you know, favors return as far as like the inspiration to keep going. Because when you did that review, I was like, I was like gleeful. My girlfriend was like, Look nah. at you, you about to tear up. I'm like, Yo, man, I put a lot of I'm
1: blessed. you <laughs> All right,
2: shoppers, yeah. out, brother. We gotta build. So. Sure. Yo, family, what's going on with you? I hope y'all dug that interview. This is Jonathan Soul speak with you now. I want you to support my brothers and sisters by following them on social media and going to their website and picking up that product so we can stop focusing so much on issues and start focusing on building industry. For more episodes, go to jonathansoul.com, J O H N A T H A N S O U L.com. And of course, I'm on social media. I'm on uh, it's Jonathansoul at Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Tumblr, uh, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on our SoundCloud, and I'm, I'm over at uh, Black Spot as well, that terrific Facebook competitor. Listen, family, I love you guys, and I want all your dreams to come true. And my dreams can't come true without you, and yours can't come true without me. So let's support each other, and let's build this thing together. I love you guys. Peace and love to you and your family. Till next time.